This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. These are not typical times, and the Tax Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. Owned and operated by Michael Cleary, Michael and his team are not your standard check-the-box, put-in-your-time-and-go-home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for tax clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, creativity. It all matters to TAC. And with all the challenges we're facing today, TAC has done something different and positive for our community. They've created the TAC Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. The TAC Benefits Group would like to congratulate the Stan family and the Stan by Steve Foundation as May's winner of the TAC Hometown Heroes Award. Steve Stanton had a passion for life that was unmatched. From an early age, he developed a love for music, which was nourished with his participation in the Philadelphia Archdiocese Boys Choir. Stan by Steve was started to give others opportunities to immerse themselves in the wonderful world of music. In conjunction with LaSalle College High School, the Stan by Steve Foundation provides scholarships to students with a passion for the musical arts. One of the main reasons I'm reluctant to venture far into ministries serving people other than high school students is because no apostolate offers as fit and natural a venue for comedy as secondary schools. Teenage intellects have developed sufficiently to manifest quick wit and verbal acuity, yet limited experience leaves teens unsophisticated enough that they stumble into absurd situations and embarrassing verbal gaffes from time to time. This is Brother James Butler, president of LaSalle College High School. One of the best examples of student cleverness I can remember from four decades of teaching occurred during a football game with a cherished rival. The athletic departments agreed an exhibition game of a new fall sport, rugby sevens, would take place in ha- at halftime. Utterly confused at the plays, penalties, and scoring, leaders in the crowded stands soon debuted a new cheer, chanting, we don't know what's going on. As we began Mary's month of May, we should look forward to its greatest fixed feast, the one that takes place at the end of the month. Unlike May's great movable feasts, the Ascension and Pentecost, the Feast of the Visitation on May 31st celebrates the spirit working in the Blessed Virgin's life. We don't know what's going on, could well have been a sentiment Mary and her cousin Elizabeth shared privately before speaking the more uplifting ones the Magnificat records. One, an elderly woman expecting her first child beyond the normal cycle, while managing a husband on short-term disability at the temple. The other was that girl from humble circumstances, asked to trust her unexpected pregnancy is a part of God's saving work, a request made of her future husband as well. As we approach the likely end of one of the longest and most frustrating trials anyone can recall, let us take to heart the message of the Feast of the Visitation. What's going on is a part of God's plan for our salvation. The Almighty has done great things for us in the past and is doing them now, if we know how to see. From the Malamut and Associate Law Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank. Enjoy Voices of Faith. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The spiritual voices of faith begins 
right now. On this Mother's Day, we welcome you in the Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with Jim Brown. I'm Joe Krause. Jimmy, tonight's episode of Voices of Faith transcends every show that we have created, produced, or talked about to date. You are absolutely right, Joe. We are, on this special Mother's Day, going to interview a rock star mom with a rock star story and a rock star family. Uh, Kristen uh, Ford and her husband, Mike, are raising two vibrant young boys. Their five-year-old is battling cancer. We'll have the story after the break. Thanks for listening to our Mother's Day special of Voices of Faith, presented in part by LaSalle University, the Givnish Funeral Homes, America Media, 6ABC, and First Trust Bank. Today's interview with Kristen Ford will shake the core of your faith, yet Kristen agreed to do this interview and share her story, following this blessing from Archbishop Nelson Perez for all mothers on this special day. We invite you to learn and pray for the entire Ford family. If there's something that unites all of us, right, all of humanity, we all have moms. We all have moms. So uh, let's pause and close our eyes and thank the Lord for the gift of motherhood and for the gift of our own personal moms, for the many sacrifices that they have made for us and, and continue to make for us. They are expressions of God's love and providence in our lives. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless all of our moms who, who are around us and in our hearts and, and in your presence. We thank you for the gift they have been and are and will continue to be for us. Bless them on this day in which we honor them with our love, our respect, and our admiration. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And back here on this very special Mother's Day edition of Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, by far to date the most powerful interview ever delivered to our listening audience. Jimmy? Well, Joe, I think that you're you're spot on. I think oftentimes in the, um, in the wacky world of broadcast, we interview lots of people in lots of different ways. But uh, this afternoon, we're, we're, we're going to welcome in... Um, Kristen Ford. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, for those of you who wouldn't know, um, you know, Kristen is uh, is uh, the mother of two beautiful little boys, uh, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And she and her, um, her husband, Mike, are all that in a bag of donuts. So can you describe just your relationship with Mike, let's say, and then the two boys, and we'll get into some of the particulars of why we're here this afternoon. Sure. So uh, Mike and I have been married for about 14 years, maybe. Wow. 13, we'll see. Um, <laughs> he's the one good on math, 7707. Yeah. Um, we've been here in the area, and um, we've been very dedicated to our careers for the beginning part of our marriage. And we had kids a little bit later. So Parker actually just turned eight. And, wow. Um, he is the best big brother. And um, we have our five-year-old, Kellen just turned five last month. And um, Kellen, un- unfortunately, back August 31st, uh, he was diagnosed with a brain cancer. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've been we've been dealing with that uh, on top of COVID and work and jobs and um, and life. Uh, just like many of us, we just have a, a pretty big curveball. Oh, I'll say. And it's funny because I have a, the benefit of understanding a little bit about that walk. Um, 
but um, tell our listening audience um, about uh, Kellen, his nature, his ability to fight adversity, a five-year-old boy who just turned five, actually, who has uh, courage beyond my understanding. But talk a little bit about Colin, his love of sports, his his activity, Mr. Runner, basketball oh, guy. He's all over the place, always. Uh, so actually, when he was born, he was unnamed for two days. We just couldn't agree. And we came up with Kellen uh, in one of the languages. It actually means warrior. Wow. And um, Kellen has been special since day one. He has this laugh and this light and the most beautiful blue eyes. And he's never been one for hair. He's been bald almost his whole life. Um, grew hair at four and now going through chemo, no more hair, but he has a little patch on the top, but he is just this light and ray of energy. And, um, he's my kid that's up at six 30, ready to go for the day. And he'll stay up with me till 11 o'clock at night, just wanting to be with you. Um, he is our athlete. Um, he loves soccer and basketball and football. I mean, he is pop-ups number one here. It's yeah, right. my, my father's very much into, into sports, but, um, he, he picked up uh, karate and oh, he's, boy. he's doing his nunchucks. Um, and, uh, actually this past Friday, um, his uh, school had offered for him to be an uh, honorary uh, track team member. And we showed up to practice and he said, Mom, I got to run. So he did a lap around the Gwinnett Mercy High School track because he wanted to. Yeah. And that's just who he is. Um, right. He wants to do whatever he can to help his body so he can be active and participate. If the weather's nice, he wakes up, stretches, reaches up to the sky and says, good morning, God. And his little fingers touch the sky and he stretches out. He gives me a hug and says, good morning, mom. And he turns around and says, it's a nice day. Do you think we can mini golf? (laughs) <laughs> Let me check my schedule. And you better believe if we have nothing going on, we're, we're over uh, playing mini golf. But this is, that's him. Start yeah. to finish. Ready to go. Oh, boy. And, and uh, I know it's uh, been uh, a tumultuous uh, period of time here, but can you give our listening audience a little perspective on when you first found out about the diagnosis, maybe the, the process of uh, hearing good news at some points and tough news at other points and trying to stay balanced around that material. Yeah, um, that was a tough one. Um, and, and I guess you think of well, brain tumor, how do you find that? And actually, it, it was just a week and a half from the onset of a couple headaches to the week later, he started vomiting. And we were in the doctors twice and monitoring over the weekend. And, and sure enough, on Monday, um, he had balance issues. So we, our doc said, you know, I'm head, sending you down to CHOP. And um, it was just myself and Kellen we're in the ER and they did a, a, a CT scan and uh, they called me in. And of course, when you see two doctors with uh, neurology on their their jackets, you, you know something's up. I said, you know what? It sounds like I might need my husband. And they said, yes, um, feel free to call him. So Mike was on FaceTime and, and um, you know, in the other room, I can see Kellen through the, through the glass in the other ER room. And um, we got the news that, that our son has a, a sizable brain tumor. And they pulled up the scans and, you know, I just, you know, you watch this happen and some people fall to their knees. And I kind of felt this hug. And, and I, I can't describe it any other way that when I got this blowing news, um, I, I just felt as though God was just 
picking me up and holding me because I was standing and I felt as though I wanted to fall. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of that embrace that almost, okay, you got this, Kristen, you know, like what's our next step? And that's just part of my personality. But this feeling that I had got, had received hasn't left me since. And it's nothing short of faith and it's God's presence in our lives and, and in my life specifically. And the hardest part was watching my husband. Um, and he's on FaceTime getting this news outside. He happened to be at my sister's house and, um, you know, um, texting her, please go out because my husband was beside himself, you know, to receive this news, to not be with him. And, oh, yeah, heartbreaking to watch. Amen. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, and I've kind of, you know, after hearing this news, um, I, I have been privy to some family photos and some pretty entertaining material. Can you talk about, um, and I think there's a culture adjustment when, when Kellen goes to visit Chop. Like I see a bounce in that boy's step. I see a picture and I see a nurse standing behind him with a big fat smile on her face. Is it possible for a five-year-old or four-year-old at that time, is it possible for a four-year-old to change the culture inside of a hospital that's constantly barraged with bad news during COVID. It looked like there was some sunshine walking in the hallways when that little guy. Showed. Oh, there was. He was our little SpongeBob. Um, he's, well, he has a lot of older nephews and my brothers and sisters grew up. So our four or five-year-old is, uh, has grown up on SpongeBob SquarePants. So he has a funny personality. He's one to brighten anyone's day. And what he brought um, to our visits to uh, 30 days of full brain and spine radiation, um, he brought a ray of light. And that has been with him since the beginning. I mean, don't get me wrong, cancer's not easy. And there's been horrible days um, along with horrible news, but he shines and he's our, our strength. Um, it, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. When we're going to treatment, and I think this is this is important, that we it's it's just my son and I. Um, my husband was with me when our first ten day admission during brain surgery and course, that initial recovery. Yeah. But it's been Kellen and I throughout this journey. And on our way down to Chop, we're about forty five minutes outside the city. We start our days with our prayers, and we do all of our prayers before we walk into the hospital. And we have a lot of them. And what we do is we on our way down, and we're driving down seventy six. We think of all the things that we're grateful for, and we share this, and we have this dialogue. And as we're going into the hospital, if I get stuck on a work call or somebody calls in and I'm doing something else, we don't get our prayers in. We cannot leave the garage until we say our prayers. I love it. But Kellen's the type of guy that I have people from Penn, where we received radiation through CHOP, CHOP that they are emailing to see how Kellen's doing. Mm -hmm. He's best friends with the parking attendants. And I mean, he's high-fiving everybody on the way in. And it just, you can't help but root for the kid. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, our initial diagnosis, you had asked earlier, handling good news and bad news. It went from, of the three tumors this could be, you want this tumor, which he has. But by the way, if it's this tumor, it's either going to be if it metastasized, it's not good. But if it didn't, it's good. Well, 
Cowan's metastasizes throughout his spine. Okay, well, if it metastasized, it's either, it could be this group or it could be this group. And if it's this group, then it's not good. Well, guess what? Cowan's this group. So over a three-week period from diagnosis, we just kept getting barraged with bad news, bad news, bad news. But I'll tell you, um, my husband's at at Wissick in high school and he coaches track. So we're athletic family. And the students and um, coaches put together a fundraiser for, for Kellen. It was Ride the Tide. And Kellen, this is three weeks after brain surgery, runs three laps mm. around the Wissahickon track. Right. And we're talking about faith. We're talking about miracles. And, of course, you pray for the miracle for, for our son. But Kellen's miracle has been since his diagnosis. Mm-hmm. There's no way this child, three weeks after brain surgery, should be running around a high school track mm-hmm. when so many other children with this exact same disease have trouble swallowing. Half their side is paralyzed from where the tumor is located in the brain. The challenges are... They can't walk, right? They Isn't can't it? do anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and Kellen's running. Wow. wow. So that's the type of kid that, that we're dealing with. And he's yeah. very aware. Yeah, he's very aware of that. And, and, and talk a little bit about um, the role of your faith and let's say the family's faith because... When we talked offline, I was struck by that and the concept of your gratitude. But if you could give our listening audience the perspective that this um, this uh, challenge has brought to you and your family. Sure. So I grew up in Catholic school, grade school, all the way through college. So <laughs> we uh, attended church every Sunday. You know, that's just part of who we are. Right. Um, my parents, since we were little, you know, my dad always would say, never worry unless you're bad. And my mom would, anytime we struggle, just give it up to God, Kristen, pray to God. And, you know, you hear it and it's your parents telling you, you mm. know, but it's, it's been this, um, what's a good word to describe it? It's though I've been groomed for yeah. this moment. And, um, a few years ago, I felt like there was something missing in my faith and, you know, something wasn't there. And, um, and it was God, I back at church, said a prayer and, you know, God, what's my purpose? And Kellen, not even two at the time, hands me a piece of paper at the back of church, which was for a Bible study. Mm. And it was a women's Bible study that happened to be walking with purpose. And that became, began this journey for me of faith and a deeper meaning of what it meant to have God in your life and what it means to to pray and what is prayer and how can prayer influence what what you do and how you act and it was the best gift that Kellen's ever given me. It's funny. Um, last month we interviewed Tracy Davidson, and she taught. And I know that you have a really terrific history with uh, with Tracy. But what struck me about her material was, and you just referenced it softly. She talked about the lens through which we see our lives, right? How do we see our lives? What's important to us? What's valuable? You know, are we tough enough when it gets rough? Are we smart enough to ask for help? Things of that nature. Um, talk a little bit about, um, uh, in the relationship here, talk a little bit about your other son and him receiving this news. Parker, you know, eight years old, nine years old, what the heck's going on with my little brother? Could, could, could you... Give the audience a little perspective on that. Um, his immediate words were, this should be me. This shouldn't be him. Mm. Seven when he heard that. Mm. And he, he just, 
he didn't want it to be his brother. And he still makes comments to that effect where this shouldn't be him. Like he wants to fix it. And I think a lot of us are fixers. And when you can't fix something, there's not much you can do. And that's where a big part of faith comes in. But he is the sweetest, most compassionate boy where the the conversations he has, he'll go out of his way to make sure that you feel good and yeah. you're happy. And that's what he wants. And we had to share the news that Kellen's treatment stopped working and you can't fix that. Right. There's nothing to fix. Well, let's take a break here, <laughs> grab a glass of water and uh, refresh ourselves. On this Mother's Day, Voices of Faith would like to thank the Catholic Foundation, Philly Food Rescue, Mother of Mercy House, for making this show possible. We continue now with an inspirational endorsement from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes. A Mother's Love by Helen Steiner Rice. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It's made of deep devotion, sacrifice, and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking, and it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns, and it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining It defies all explanation, and it still remains a secret, like the mysteries of creation. A many splendid miracle man cannot understand, and another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand. So today, as we honor all the special mothers who have shaped our being, I offer the following prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for my mother. She is always loving, encouraging, and providing for her children and those around her. She serves as a wonderful example of what it means to nurture and live out love for those whom she touches. I ask that you guide her with your wisdom as she carries on along your path. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As always, stay safe, my friends, and may God bless you all. And back here on Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT with our special guest, Kristen. I have to ask the question on behalf of all the mothers listening into the program today who are breaking. How do you do it? I get asked that question almost every day. And the questions around how can you talk about it? How can you be functioning? And I can be where I am and able to have this conversation because of Kellen. Kellen is truly a light. He often, if I'm struggling, will just hold my face and look at me and say, Mom, it's okay. And he's right, it is okay. Um, it's my faith. Um, it's the faith in that a few years ago when I prayed at the back of church and I asked what what's my purpose a bible study a group of women um, further over the last three years focusing on my faith and I've been praying believe it or not for three years that 
God, if I ever was in a place and I was going to lose a parent, a sibling, I'm the oldest of eight, by the way, a um, couple in college, but you know, big family. And my biggest fear in life was losing a sibling or losing one of my parents. And that often prevented me from further deepening relationships. And I realized that I needed a relationship with God and not being afraid of death for me to truly love. And over the last three years, I've been working on that with every fiber in my body. And I pray all the time that God, if I'm in this situation, which I happen to now be in, give me strength, give me grace, give me wisdom, and most importantly, give me the ability to not dwell on the inevitable, which now we know that Kellen's treat or Kellen will be is, is terminal. So do not let me dwell on a loss that I haven't had because I'm living today. And I guess three years of prayer, the prayers are being answered. And when I received those news and I felt this hug, that's God's presence. And you know, a lot of people tell me they're so angry for me. They're mad for me. And I said, no, don't be mad for me. God's with me. He's with my, with my four-year-old that the night before he starts 30 days of radiation, we receive a handheld prayer cross by a woman from the prayer group that came with a prayer from Sister Kathy, who I've known for almost 30 years. And he opens it and he freezes. He looks at it and he says, mom, it's Jesus's cross. I said, you're right, Kellen, it is. And he said, mom, I had a dream and it was with Jesus and we were at the bottom of the steps and I was scared. And I said, oh, oh boy. Now I'm thinking to myself, oh, get away from the light. We haven't even started treatment. We're a couple weeks in. And he said, um, he goes, but mom, I knew it was going to be okay because you were with me and you were holding my hand. And this is the beginning of our treatment journey. And, and it's just amazing that my four-year-old son is aware of Jesus in a beautiful handcrafted cross. That's an interpretation of a cross that he knows it's okay. And he knows that God's with him. So anytime my faith is at all wavering, even for a moment, God has interceded in my life and has given me yet another sign that no, Kristen, you're not alone. Yes, it's going to be okay. And we're on this journey for a reason. And Kellen's the reason. And that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing because of my son. One last thought, Kristen. Have you thought about what it will be like when Kellen leaves the world? I do. I do. And um, a huge part of my heart will be missing, um, just like any parent would have. And it's sad. Oh, God, it, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I don't want that day to come. And what we pray for now, since uh, miracles are always possible and we are open to receiving them, thank you, Lord, but our miracle is what we're li living today. And I, we are living years of, of memories in a matter of months. And when that's over, our lives will not be with Kellen but it'll be the memory of Kellen and what Kellen has taught all of us. And Kellen's journey is about faith. And he's teaching myself, my family, our community, my husband, who's not Catholic, but boy, by the end of this, he certainly will be. <laughs> because it just, he's so, he's so special. 
And people tell me that all the time. And it's in ways that aren't, oh, your kid's special. This is something else. And what's pretty amazing is it unfolds every day. Something new comes about. And our world would be missing someone special at that point. But until then, we're, we're loving every single bit of that boy. It's interesting, um, uh, Kristen, uh, you know, in just trying to prep for our conversation, you know, I love looking up different material. And um, one of my all-time favorite quotes is a St. Thomas Aquinas quote, and it, and, and, it, and it goes like this. It says, to one who has faith, no explanation is needed, and to one without faith, no explanation will suffice. Um, it appears to me that you and your family have kind of walked through that that piece of the puzzle pretty deeply. Um, have you ever heard that quote before? Can you give us a little insight around that material? Yes. Um, so I've heard that quote a while ago, actually. I didn't know it was Thomas Aquinas. Um, but, you know, it resonates with me because, you know, if you have faith, you do get it. It's that simple. But for me, I have had people reach out because I do share updates and we're very open about Kellen's journey because we need prayers. We need prayers for great days and, you know, pain-free days um, and, of course, our miracle. But people have reached out of all different faith backgrounds to say thank you for sharing not only your journey but also the role of faith in your journey. It's rekindled my faith. So if you have faith, you need that proof almost that yes, yeah. God's there. You just need to be willing to receive him and his gifts. But if you don't have that in you, or if that's not a part of a fiber of your body, you're right. It, it's He's right. It, it's never going to matter. No matter what you say, what stories or what have you, it's that won't resonate. It's going to take moving mountains to, to do something. But, um, but I, at least for Kellen, I, I think for those that are of faith, um, or that are wavering away from faith. I do hope that, you know, Kellen's journey, and remember, we're living life right now through the eyes of a five-year-old. He's five and teaching me about God and faith, and he has since he's not even two. I've always known there's something special about him. And I've always been afraid that his time was short. Call it a mother's instinct. I don't know. Over the summer, something wasn't right. Something wasn't sitting with me. And sure enough, this is probably when that tumor was growing inside of him and he was looking for extra mother love. But um, it's tough. It's tough. It has to be. Um, and, and not just with you and, and, and Mike and, and Parker. Um, the eight siblings, mom and dad, um, give the audience a little perspective around um, that support that has come in a mighty fashion. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're there every step of the way. Um, imagine text chains, right? Yeah. <laughs> All ages. So they, uh, it, it's just, it's incredible. Um, from when someone goes through this and, and I want to take a moment just to share, if you know someone going through crisis, they're having a hard time and you're thinking about them, a text, a phone call, a card, God, it goes so far. And that has helped to carry us. And 
they don't want to bother myself and my family. So they'll reach out to one of my siblings or my parents and say, hey, we just wanted to tell you we're thinking of Kristen and Mike and, and the family. What can we do? That gets back to the family that's, that's in this moment like yeah, we right. are. But if you're thinking about them, reach out to them. That makes a difference. Because oftentimes, if, if it gets quiet for a little bit, that's when it starts to get scary because you're alone. And you're like, oh, maybe this is the end. Like, and you don't want to feel that way. But my family shows up every day in a fashion that is beyond just what can I do for you, but rather how can I support you? And they've given us opportunities and connected us with um, the glove of Padre Pio with prayers around the world and candles and faith and just helping us see beyond the inevitable and really just making the most of every moment that we have. And we remind each other of that. Absolutely. It's funny. Have you ever yelled at God for this? Cried cried a lot and and I do cry and it, it's funny um no no I haven't and I don't anticipate I will until I truly experience loss and I've prayed to not act as though I've lost my son when he is at home happy because we just did a round of mini golf yesterday and we had a little mini adventure and we did an amazing yoga session today of which the yoga instructor said, we have never met a kid like Kellen. His ability, uh, again, special child. Um, I think there'll be a time for that and I don't want it to be now. Um, but I cry quite a bit. In the mail, a book came to me, I don't know how, um, The Love Lottery. And I read that book to Kellen and it's a beautiful book about how a child is a gift to a mother. And that would be a wonderful book. Mothers, if you're looking for a good cry, if you read it through my eyes and maybe an extra cry, but this book, Love Letter, The Love Lottery, it talks about that relationship with a child and resilience and going on the path of the unknown and Oh my gosh, I cried. I read it to my son. I couldn't keep it together. He holds my hand through the book. This is, this is the type of kid my, my son is. He holds my hand, and I get to the point that, that references loss, that this isn't forever. Here isn't forever. And I gathered myself, and he just grabs my face, pulls it to the side, and says, I love you, Mom. I love you too, bud. Mm. It makes all this so much harder. Because the, the, the amount of love we have for each other is, is beyond words. That I, I sure will be mad, but I'll pray for that strength. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it, uh, some of the other research I did, reading and this and that, um, discovered a, a, a mother going through a similar journey, journey. Her daughter happened to be 14 years old. Young lady just recently passed in the last six months. And... One of the comments that uh, the daughter made to the mother, of course, Callan's only five, but think about this. The young lady, Maria, told her mom, you know, hey, mom, just so you know, earth's not my home. You know, heaven's my home. And I want to be here as long as I can, but I'm not in charge of that. A 14-year-old grasping that concept. And I don't know if, uh, if that perspective is even, you know, well, I don't, you know, it's, it's difficult to understand because I've, I've never been in that, in, in that um, 
in that space. Um, you know, we, we're, we're kind of closing up our conversation here this afternoon, Kristen. Is there anything, I love the fact that you talked about, um, you know, if you know someone in need, don't avoid the conversation, the text, the phone call, the simple note of some sort. Any other words of wisdom that you might be able to pass on to, uh, to our listening audience? Yes, yes. Um, I don't believe that I would be sitting here with you sharing this, this journey of faith and belief that I'm here for a reason if I didn't start this journey three years ago. And it, it was a personal journey knowing something in my life was missing and it was my relationship with God. And in my own personal writing, getting through this, right? So I'm not, I guess I'm not yelling, but I'm writing. Um, I realized the person I talk to most isn't my mom or my sister. It's God. Mm. I talk to God all day long. Mm. And I've done it throughout this whole journey. The relationship I have with God took time. And I started, um, it's a Matthew Kelly book, Digging the Well, right? I started digging my well three years ago to prepare for this. And I truly believe that part of Kellen's mission of faith and journey is he started me on this. And I, I believe there's a bigger something here to help other parents. And I was just out at a, at a, a gathering outside socially distanced. And I looked around the room and it was, you know, 15 moms. And Mm. I said, Oh my God, if this happened to any of those I would hope they would have what I would have because I'm able to enjoy this time, this limited time we have left. But it took me three years. So start your journey today of building a relationship with God, understanding that God did not do this to Kellen. He didn't do it to me, my family, but rather he's with us. He's been carrying us. He's with me now. I can feel him. Um, And he'll be with us through it. But you have to have the faith. You have to have the relationship and knowing that it will be okay, no matter what it is. And okay doesn't mean a miracle. Okay means that we will get through this and we have to see the bigger picture. You you made a comment to me um, when we were trying to arrange our time that you felt that the, 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 the miracle was the the process of acceptance, understanding, and um, being the best mom you could be throughout the course of this journey. Um, so, you know, it's just an outside perspective, but it, it appears to me that um, that you have uh, not only found your purpose, frankly, I believe that um, you're delivering purpose for not only the folks that are listening to our radio broadcast this afternoon, but the response from Tracy Davidson's um, interview last month in reference, and she talked about a number of things, but the thing that seemed to get the most attention was um, your journey with your your little warrior, Kellen. Well, she certainly has been a light for someone as a public figure to be so open about her faith and her journey. Um, really kind of gave that stamp of approval that, you know, being Catholic and open about it is pretty darn cool. <laughs> and she invited me to an event that turned me on to Christian music radio, actually. And Kellen and I listen to Christian radio every day. And he asks me, Mom, can I have that God music? <laughs> if it fills his soul, it fills my soul. And um, 
she truly is is a light to me and a wonderful example of what it means to be a true Catholic. And if you want to meet someone and get to know someone that knows how to practice gratitude and resilience, she has been an excellent role model for me. And I'm happy to to continue to watch what she does because she's truly an inspiration. And as Joe said, this broadcast is coming out over the airwaves on Mother's Day. So uh, maybe a final salute from you to mothers this afternoon. Oh, moms, don't wait. Enjoy every moment of your kids and, you know, don't cry over that spilled milk because in the big picture it really doesn't matter. And my son Parker gave me um, advice. I said a prayer to God. I said, oh, man, what's my purpose? My 8-year-old found a book in the back of the shelf, and it was a prayer book. The only thing the prayer was is what a a mother's job is, and it's to love her child. It's to explain the role of God in their life, food, shelter, and love. That's all we need to do. It's that simple. You're listening to Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On this very special Mother's Day, Voices of Faith sends great wishes to Mike Cleary of TAC Benefits, Linda Rosano on behalf of Philly Food Rescue, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, Dr. Jerry Cleary of True North Pediatrics, and our good friends Angela Valletta and Eustace Mita. Special prayers from us all today for Kristen, who shared her story. Kellen, as you know, is not well, and we hold the entire family in all of our prayers. If you want to help, you can go to a GoFundMe page and contribute love and prayers for Kellen Ford. Now here's Jimmy Brown, one-on-one with A.B., Archbishop Nelson Perez. Archbishop, it's wonderful to be with you again um, this afternoon. Thank you, Jimmy. Great to be with you again. It's amazing. I think we've had a phenomenal Easter season, not quite complete, but boy, oh boy, are we on a, uh, on a good path. I love uh, some of our conversations in the past. We talked about celebratory moments. As we approach your one-year anniversary, let's talk a little bit about some of the goals that you outlined. Ambitious, by the way, and Congratulations to you. Let me read a couple lines, and then I'd ask you to reflect or respond, let's say. Um, a couple of the goals. Yeah, let's, uh, let's create a spirit of hope in our community. Uh, that was one. Number two was let's really face challenges, not put them under the rug. Uh, let's increase resources. And I mentioned to you at the moment, that's a, that's, a, that's a big undertaking. But you said, Jimmy, let's have a little hope, which was awesome. And then the commitment to a mission of community. And I just thought that was incredibly ambitious. But please, let's uh, educate our listeners to where you're at in that space right now, having talked about it, and then I'd say performed. Well, I I don't know if I've performed yet. I've only been here for, uh, uh, now it's over a year, actually. My installation here was February 18th. So we're a little past the year mark, and, and what a year it has been, right? So two weeks after, two or three weeks after my installation, COVID hit. We had to close down churches and, and uh, in a sense, uh, for a while, reinvent ourselves. And we did it. And we did it and, uh, and bring people together and rally people together. So it, it's great to be back in Philly. You know, to me, Philly is home. Yeah. Uh, it was home. It's been home for me for two-thirds of my life now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to be back in this role, in this capacity, surreal as it is. And so I continue with, in a sense, that agenda, if you speak, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. An agenda of hope, of uh, an agenda of calling people to live the gospel with joy, 
an agenda of bringing people to to bring to bear their resources mm -hmm. uh, for the help of the gospel in service of the church. And it's happening. It's actually happening. You know, uh, when I started off this year, uh, I didn't have any resources really to do much mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all. And working with our Catholic Foundation in Greater Philadelphia, we started an Archbishop's Ministry Fund that uh, pretty quickly got, uh, got some funds in it that, that has helped us to now bring Culture Project to, to our archdiocese and hopefully young Catholic professionals focusing on our young adults. And, and so these are synergistic things that are beginning to happen. Um, we, uh, we revamped all our youth and young adult ministry, brought in wonderful people in Marisali and Matt Smith, uh, Marisali Santiago and Matt Smith, uh, who came from other dioceses, but they're here with us and they're doing a great job and beginning to re-envision our outreach to youth and young adults. So there's a lot of stuff going on and really it's only the beginning, right? Yeah. But uh, I've been blessed with great people around me that I've known for many, many years. Uh, my senior staff, you know, about 15 people, uh, you know, 90% of them, we go back 30 years. Wow. Yeah, that's... You know, that's a real blessing for, for, uh, for a bishop in a diocese to have that level of connection. And, um, and I was told a couple of weeks ago that even despite the slowdown of COVID, um, while I don't track these things, but the people around me do, mm -hmm. they have to for calendar purposes and stuff. Uh. I was told that I have visited now over 110 parishes and schools and institutions wow. in this year. And I don't see it that way because I just follow a calendar, <laughs> but they track it. And then yeah. it says, wow, I can't believe that we really have done a lot of this stuff in all ways and shapes and forms. And so we're only at the beginning. So it, it, despite the challenges of COVID and, and, uh, and starting anew, in a sense for me, uh, it's new uh, and it's not new. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's new because of the role. Uh, we're moving along and I and I feel joyful and hopeful that we're ready, heading in the right direction. I love it. I love it. Um, the 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 other dynamic that I would ask you to address two things. One, your focus on youth, which I think is critical for our future. In fact, I think the, the youth is now. Forget about the future. Yeah, the future is now. It's here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and in some ways, I know the silver lining concept to some kind of roll their eyes, not me. And frankly, after spending these past 12 months with you, it's nice to see your vision around the hope. Talk to our listening audience a little bit about that focus on the youth, the culture project, uh, Marcelia and, uh, and Matt, and what our expectations uh, will be in the next one year, two year, 10 years in our community. Well, my hope is that we give our youth and young adults a place they deserve and that they occupy Amen. in the world and in the church, right? Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes, you, we do call them the future. Uh, but calling them the future de denies their presence now. And Pope Francis speaks so incredibly about that in, uh, in Christ is Alive, Christ is Vivid. He calls young people the now of God. There so they're go. the now of God, you know. So we have to um, make a special effort to, to reach out to them, but also to make space for them. Yeah. In our institutions, in our parishes, in our hearts, in our lives. Uh, so that's the hope. That's yeah. the hope to uh, rally people around our youth and young adults who, who, uh, who really bring us hope, right? Talk about hope. Yeah, right, right. right? No, they're, they're filled with life. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because just recently we were able to secure um, um, 
LaSalle, uh, uh, LaSalle High School into our family. And the reflections that Brother James is now bringing to our program, holy smokes, they're, they're down the road. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of it's nice that you arrive when you arrive because I feel like our timing is really good. Um, talk about timing in terms of um, the opportunity that's presented to us. Well, the timing is God's time. You know, uh, God produces things and places those things before us. And we just have to be uh, on the lookout, right, for the great things that God places before us and, and be uh, sensitive enough to capture that. And that's in our personal lives and my own life ministerially. Mm -hmm. Right. Because God's timing is not always our timing, though. Yes. And his ways are not our ways, but they're always better. Well, it's interesting. Before you arrived, Archbishop, um, uh, Joe and Dan and I were just having a conversation about um, about um, God's ways are different. And it's fascinating that you that you bring that up. That's going to do it for this very, very special edition of Voices of Faith. Jimmy, great conversation with Archbishop Nelson Perez and a blessing uh, for all of the moms uh, tuning in on this very special Mother's Day. Of course, the blessing uh, was heard today uh, throughout the full hour. It was uh, just a, a dynamic show with a dynamic guest and dynamic content. As you said at the start of the show, Joe, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime kind of program for me. That's going to do it for Voices of Faith on this Mother's Day. On behalf of Jimmy Brown, I'm Joe Krause. We, of course, send uh, love and wishes to all of the moms listening uh, to Voices of Faith. Until next time, I'm Joe Krause. Believe in hope, everyone. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Voices of Faith in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia, supported by America Media, 6ABC, Portia of the Main Line, LaSalle High School, and First Trust Bank. First Trust Bank invites you to download today's show from YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Simply search Voices of Faith. A Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. In 2021, American Media proudly presents to the Philadelphia region and beyond Voices of Faith, the radio show. In recognition of those among us, supporters in life, and the many providers of inspiration we encounter all year long, American Media is your destination and resource for the editorial content of Thinking Catholics. Here's Chief Operating Officer of American Media, Trog Keller. In a world that is incredibly divided, right, whether politically or even within our own church, to provide a place where different points of view can come and talk in a civilized tone, and people can see different points of view and discern for themselves the direction, you know, that they want to take or, or just to make themselves feel closer to God through, through just, just good, honest dialogue. Join TROG along with millions of supporters who are part of the America Media family and help others you may or may not know do the unexpected. America Media. Find your inspiration at americamagazine.org. americamagazine.org.